Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee and welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. I am very excited for today's topic. I don't really know what to expect at all, which also makes it exciting. Um, But we are talking all about emotions today. So we all have emotions, but it's about going a little bit deeper and understanding the connections and relating these emotions to the messages or the messages that they're sending us as well. So we're kind of diving deeper into just what these, what are emotions? What are they all about? Um, and to talk about this, we are joined by special guest, Heather Guyason. Heather is a registered acupuncturist in Victoria, BC, with her practice focusing on injury recovery in a biopsychosocial, did I say that right? You did. Biopsychosocial integrative care philosophy. Her fascination of how emotions can often be the key factor to treatment led her on a search for more. She discovered a book called The Language of Emotions and the work of Carla McLaren called Dynamic Emotional Integration, or DEI, and she knew she had found her home. Heather is now a certified workshop leader in DEI and launching her emotional initiative, So Sensitive, in the fall of 2020, where she intends to spread as much emotional teaching and perspective into the world as she can. Love that. So thank you so much for being here, Heather. Um, really appreciate you having here. Excited for this conversation because again, not sure about it myself. Like I want to learn more. So to start, can you tell us a little bit more about, about that journey and, and what brought you to start this initiative? Mm. Well, it started a while ago in my first career, actually, uh, where I was a pastry chef. And so pastry chef to acupuncture was a pretty big leap. Uh, and it all came down to an injury that I had, um, tendonitis, arms and wrists of just all the repetitive um, work necessity, basically, working in like a high paced, high volume kitchen. And after months of trying to rehab, nothing was working, acupuncture helped. And I went, great, okay, I'm in. And so sent myself to school for it. And I was so excited with moving forward into whatever the next phase of my life was going to hold. I didn't really process any of the feelings that I had about leaving that first career, which I absolutely loved. And I didn't know all that until afterwards when I was in the treatment room at school, we got to practice and get treatments on each other all the time. And I had never thought of anything other than great, let's move forward. And one of my fellow classmates said, well, how did you feel about losing that career? 
And I never to this day had that much of an experience of like my arms where they were injured just started hurting that much more. And on the table, I was kind of vibrating at the time. And I realized for the first time that I was really sad. And I just had like tears flowing out. And, and I just was so surprised. I was like, wow, I didn't know I had that in me. And the treatments continued. They kept on going. But that moment really stuck out as a, I didn't know how I carried that. And it just came up right in that instant. And I think the acupuncture was, was sort of a medium to help that movement as well. But it still, it just stuck out in, in my mind of like, wow, what happens when people are hurting? Where do the feelings go? Because if we don't really talk about them or even feel them to a degree, where do they go? I just, I didn't think they went anywhere. I just thought they were gone. Well, that was my first sort of introduction to seeing how the body can hold all these emotions without us really knowing it. And then they come back when we're injured or have something else happen. So that was my, my first big mind, body, emotion. Wow, all of these work together kind of moment. Yeah, I love that. And it's kind of bringing so many thoughts to mind too, because it's just just kind of the way that we run. Like I, I feel like I think of a perspective of like in business and work, it is just go, go, do, do. And there isn't that pause and stop for emotions. And if anything, people talk about like emotions being a sign of weakness. So I've had women, you know, in these professions like lawyer and, um, you know, whatnot in these jobs where there's these expectations of them. And they say things like, you know, I can't cry at work. Like I was told if you cry at work, you know, just the idea of a promotion or, you know, continuing to move up the ladder, goodbye. So it's like, we're just kind of taught too along the way of like, nope, no emotion. Exactly. Just move on. And so I love that because it does bring up some ideas for me too on how this happens. So Mm -hmm. how, how did you start to notice then emotions being involved in, in physical injury? Cause you had your injury. Um, How do we make that connection or that link and how, how do you personally? Well, I think for me still, like when I'm in practice, I ask people like, Hey, okay, you're coming in for an acute back pain or injury or a car accident recovery, um, program. Um, you have the, the physical expression of symptoms, you could call them like your injury itself, the tissue damage. And then separate to that, how do you feel about that injury? And in many cases, nobody asks because we don't want to go down the rabbit hole of, of like having a conversation about emotion and the amount of times that people just say, Oh, like I'm afraid I'm never going to be able to pick up my kids again without pain. That's, that's a core thing that isn't helping them relax, right? That fear is just living in them that every time they get a little smidgen of pain come into their awareness, that thought comes up and then they're like, Oh, even more tense. And so working with it is just, honestly, it started out as making space for it, of being able to ask the questions. And, and at first it was like, okay, let's not even have a, an answer of there's nothing to do other than just say it out loud. And it's incredible how much that actually helps. And that's like the first step, just say it out loud. I'm feeling really sad about this. And then just take a couple breaths, see what it feels like. And often 
people will physically experience um, a release of pressure, a, con um, a release of a contraction of tension that was held. And then they're like, oh, oh, wow, I really was sad about that or angry about that. And, and it just gives them a little bit of space to take a different step forward, right? Even whether yeah. it's take a break, slow down a little for a week and, and know that you're processing a lot more than just a physical recovery. Yeah, yeah, so acknowledging and having that awareness that there is maybe more involved or giving it that time and attention. Um, what is, so we, I said, you know, dynamic emotional integration, DEI, so we even have the acronym. Yeah. What, what is that um, for us outsiders that maybe have never heard that term? Yeah, so Carla McLaren, she's the most, has this amazing body of work that her perspective was that emotions are there trying to give us information. They're actually this vehicle that is like a messenger service. And our, we unfortunately just interpret the message wrong a lot of the time. And so her perspective is emotions are always trying to bring you something. They're your allies. And by suppressing them, that actually creates more of the dissonance and conflict that we have with experiencing them in the first place. And so her program is DEI is all, all based on emotions are valuable and there's no positive or negative emotions. There's simply emotions with their own unique set of gifts that they can bring you. And when I heard that, it was just like a key going into a lock being like, yeah, somehow I, I agree and I know that that's true. And so when I was like, oh, I wish that there was a program that I could take to learn how to do this. <laughs> and then I found her website and then there was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is where I'm going. Because being able to introduce that space to understand what your anger is trying to tell you and help you with is a massively different relationship to anger than I had ever had. And so I can say that most of it was, uh, work that I needed to do personally, and then it was uh, a happy accident that it fell into what I can give professionally as well. Yeah, so yeah, you kind of helped, and then it was just like, well, how can I serve others? How can I share this with others? Which is great yeah. and, and wonderful. So is there, like, are there other versions of this around, or like, this is all very new to me. So are there other kind of versions of this or where else might we see this? Within her structure, I, I haven't found another as inclusive platform or idea because many of the other emotional um, programs that are out there, it is all about control or how to in, encourage the good feelings and then not have the bad ones or get them all to just go away so you don't have to be controlled by emotion anymore. And really that was never their, their intention. It, it basically, for Carla's work, it's all about embracing the relationship that your emotions have with you already. 
because I don't know about you, but I've definitely tried to like cut out fear and cut out anger and it just doesn't work. Right. Inevitably there's going to be a situation that's very appropriate to feel fear or anger or whatever emotion that comes up. And then it was simply for me, like almost a lack of understanding and education of how to work with it rather than just express it really poorly. So her work I think is really unique in the sense that it is a welcoming space for all feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said before, it's that it's trying to, these emotions look at them as they're trying to give us information rather than, like I said, it's like, like, no, you can't have emotion. Like I think of myself as the perspective of a woman and it, it is this constant. Yeah. When you get into your career profession, it's, you know, don't cry, don't show emotion, don't have, you know, tears are bad. And so then it's like, you're learning to like suppress and not, not feel or not have time in those emotions at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what are some of the worst questions you can be asking um, about your feelings? Basically my top number one question that if everybody would throw this one away, they, and start using some of the actual functional ones, oh, everybody's experience with feelings would change. And it's why am I feeling this way? Right. You get into a situation, somebody cuts you off and and you're shaking in your car and you're like, wow, why am I afraid? You're going to get more and more of the, the reason behind the fear. It'll be like, oh, cause that guy just cut me off and nobody stopped to help me. And you'll really work yourself up into this sort of hamster wheel and cul-de-sac of there not being any resolution. Whereas for fear, one of the questions that you can ask is, well, what action needs to be taken? And it might be, hey, I need to pull over into a parking lot to like, whew, just calm down a little bit. I'm, I'm afraid being on the road. And all of a sudden you, you move yourself into a safer space where your body can relax. You don't feel like there's any threats around. And the fear naturally recedes. And so there's, a, there's unique questions for each feeling that if all we did was update our questions in vocabulary, we would have way more... I don't know why, but there's so many road analogies coming up today. <laughs> it's like traffic and visuals. Yeah. But it's like when we ask, oh, why am I feeling this? You're just trying to go down a one-way street the wrong way, right? So you yes. can't get anywhere. You're just stuck. And, the, and upgrading the questions to ones that are actually, they contain the way through, basically, is the way that I see them. It's, it's they actually have, okay, well, that's how to get through this experience. And so it's, it's about engaging with the emotion, taking what it's helping you to do, and then they naturally subside. So there's like a really amazing process that's already built into them. Because when the stimulating action or the stimulating event goes away, you can just the feeling goes away and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to calm down. You don't have to, it's like, Oh, I feel good now. Yep. And so, yeah, just getting rid of that. Why am I feeling? Yeah. I like that. So, okay. What was the question for anger again? Uh, Anger is what needs to be protected. What needs to be restored or what do I value? Okay. 
those things. Is there a couple, is there a couple other ones like top ones for other top kind of, or things that people experience? Uh, well, the other one, when you're, when you're hearing somebody talk about their feelings and you're like, oh, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh. Right. Any kind of expression that's like, oh no, it'll be fine. It'll pass. Right. The avoidance, the suppression questions of like, oh, but you'll be fine. Right. <laughs> right. Where we get caught up in these cycles of let's try to avoid, let's not engage. And Another way to look at the DEI work is just how to engage differently with emotions. Okay. So what could we say instead? Like, so we're talking to someone, we're being there when they're going through a tough time. And instead of just glazing over and being like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. That's, that shouldn't be the case or whatever. What are, what are some things maybe we could say instead? Well, and that's, that's a hard one because if it's really easy to get caught up in somebody else's emotional wave. I'm sure you've experienced that before, right? Somebody's angry and then all of a sudden you're really fired up or someone's sad and then you're like, oh, wow, I'm that, that really pulled me along with you. And so there's a lot of emotional hygiene that needs to go in for us before we can really um, engage like that for others. Um, but some of the, some questions like that that are that are helpful, it's just, even asking, well, have you wondered what you feel about things right now, right? Even just being able to let somebody say, oh, I'm sad and not have to fix it for them, right? I think that's often how listeners feel when somebody's saying that something's hard or a struggle is, and maybe for women a little bit more stereotypically than men, although there are some men that do this as well, um, but women, we often want to nurture and, and have hurt go away when in reality, you know, just hearing someone say, oh, I'm feeling really sad and you being able to sit there and listen and not have to do anything about it. There's a, there's a really big power in that, that I think is often overlooked. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it takes off some of the well, yeah, like that we're trying to fix it or solve it takes off some of the pressure from us too, because we might not, we might not have the answer. We might just be like, oh, I better think of something, but to just know that that's not our job and that's not what we're, that's not the best, you know, support we can be providing in that moment. Mm -hmm. You mentioned in that um, statement to emotional hygiene, what exactly, like what is emotional hygiene and, and how, what is that? Like, how do we work on that? Well, Hygiene for that, you know, like you've walked into a room, I imagine, and, you know, somebody comes in and all of a sudden everything changes, the energy, right? Somebody's stressed, somebody's upset, somebody's sad, and you can feel it ripple through the room. And that is such a gorgeous example of our sensitivity as human beings. We, we notice when that happens. And so often we can project quite a bit if we aren't paying attention or if we're just trying to also offset some of the pressure that it gives us to feel that emotion, whatever it is. And so um, when we're not paying attention, you can accidentally just sort of emit it without noticing that you're actually more just trying to pass it off 
right? Because often when we're mad and then we see somebody else that's mad, there's a weird moment of it makes you feel better. Yeah, right? Like it's a, it's a funny, it's not the greatest quality to say, but I can definitely remember where I'm like, yeah, okay, good, right? Like, and, and I feel better because some of that pressure is gone internally. So being mindful about what you're emitting and also being mindful about what you're suppressing internally, trying to hide. So, you know, like the, the image of the duck floating across the top of the water, but the little legs are just paddling for dear life, right? Um, when we're trying to hide what we're feeling, that's also creating a different resonance for other people too, because they're getting actually a mixed, me mixed me message at that point of like, oh, they said they're okay, but it really doesn't feel okay. And so that elicits a little bit of emotional confusion in us as well as the other person being in the, that environment. So it really, honestly, like it's just about a bit more awareness, a bit more of the time initially. And then when you start paying attention and learning a, a couple of these tricks and tools and skills, really, you'll notice it happening around you a lot more. And it just helps guide you in your practice because we need connection. I think right now we're really noticing how much we need connection. Yes. And, and so to be able to be out in the world, but not super disturbed or disrupted by somebody else's feelings is a powerful skill. It doesn't make you cold. It doesn't make you closed, but it makes you have healthy and empathetic boundaries, which is all about emotional hygiene. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So this isn't, I mean, this isn't only good for ourselves then having this, you know, awareness or really doing some of the work with the emotions like we're talking about, but it's, then it's how we show up with others and around others. And so it's like, we're, we're not only benefiting ourselves, but we're benefiting others around us. And if we all sort of did that work, then it's just like, whoa, the possibilities, yeah, the energy, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if everybody just did a little bit more, like 5% each, it, it yeah. doesn't, it creates, um, like, there doesn't need to be one person in the room now that's doing all the emotional heavy lifting. Everybody's doing a little bit of it. And so nothing is as heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So for your new project that you're starting, um, where did the name for your project come from? So it's called so sensitive. So what does that look like? Where did the name come from? What, what can people expect from that? Well, for me, I definitely heard that phrase when I was a kid so much. Oh, you're so sensitive. And in, in various different ways. And I, I know there's tons of people going, yep, I definitely heard that too. And I was very successful in how I conditioned myself out of showing that. Because you're right, that stigma of no, you can't cry, you can't be mad, you can't feel anything or you can't show that you're feeling anything you know you're allowed to have feelings still but just make sure they're private that's sort of sometimes the message from society and and from each other and and so that phrase was one of my uh just smile and grind my teeth of oh I hated it and I can say that freely now of like wow I that just it always made me so mad and sad at the same time and so as I was trying for months to name what I wanted this emotional initiative to be called, I was coming up with names that really didn't feel like anything to me. And I was like, I really want it to feel like something, <laughs> ironically enough. 
And then I can't even remember, but I was just like, yeah, I want so sensitive to mean something new. And I sat up and went, it's called so sensitive. Because for me, every time I hear that now, it's turned into the biggest compliment. And I just say, thank you for noticing. And A, it surprises people quite a lot. <laughs> because it's not that they don't mean it as a, as a negative statement, but that's very often the subtext to it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, wow, you're really sensitive. <laughs> you know, as, as though there is an issue. But now it's just this immense happiness and gratitude that I feel. And I'm like, yes, I am. Thank you. Right? Like I work really hard at that. And so I wanted to really share how that statement can change in its meaning for people and how we can harness that power and beauty in it in so many different aspects of our life. And so that was, that was where the name came from. And it's uh, going to start out as online workshops. Um, you know, it was maybe going to be a little bit more mortar and, and brick, but in the land of 2020, we're just going to keep it virtual. And, and initially it's just going to be those skills to learn and then practice of how to engage with your emotions a little bit different. So there'll be pieces of education in it. There'll be community aspects in it. So that's why I like the group settings. Um, eventually there'll be more one-on-one -on -one guidance, but that's down the line. And yeah, it'll just be a, a space with a different opinion and a different voice speaking about emotions that I think everything is a little one-sided these days of try to hide it, try to ignore it, try to control it. And so I hope to add to that really positive inclusion of this important aspect of ourselves. Yeah. And when you said, I love that your story too, because I was, I was of the same way as a kid, the whole, mm -hmm. she's very sensitive or I was called when I was really young, I was called Kaylee cried daily because apparently I cried daily, but, or even more multiple times a day, again, toddler years. Um, but now I think of my own daughter. So I have a six-year-old and, and she kind of presents some of those characteristics as well. Um, so what would you say for it? Like, it made me think of, of children and, and the emotions of children. And I can imagine that's probably challenging because as, as kids, they don't really, maybe sometimes they don't know what the emotion is or it's more just a reaction or, so is there anything as parents that you would suggest for us to kind of use the strategies with our children? Oh yeah. And I imagine, is it hard for you to see her cry? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that beauty in parents that's like, oh, I want to fix it. Yeah. Right. Make it better. Make it not hurt. And also there's part of your um, experience running through your head of, of, oh, I don't want that for you. Right. That, because I'm sure if it comes from family, it's loving teasing, but it still gets in there. Yeah. Um, and so for parents, it's sort of a twofold challenge because it's about updating your vocabulary, your um, engagement with your feelings. And so you do that and start modeling to the kids how you engage differently with emotions, right? That it is okay to cry. It is okay to talk about feelings. Um, and then even just learning about, there's lots of games out there and resources of how to differently engage with emotions. Um, 
and also just learning the questions for each specific emotion in order to ask. And kids are really interesting where they just cut right into it. They'll know, right? Rather than adults were like, okay, anger. It's about what needs to be protected, restored, or value. What do I value? Whereas if you ask a little kid, right, you see they're angry. Oh, what do you feel needs, what needs to be protected right now? And they'll have the answer right away. So much quicker often than adults. Yeah. And it's, it's because of our layers of habit and conditioning that we respond in a, a much more intellectual way. And so we need to bridge it that way to get access to it again. But kids are, are way more connected. So being able to, to just borrow those questions and then be able to sit with them as they have a feeling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not trying to fix it, but yeah, sit with them. Is there any more, like, so we talked about the questions, kind of taking more time to sit with the emotions, any other kind of tips or things that we should be aware of? Oh, there's endless, endless different, different little things. Um, Well, and basically the big thing is people start wading into engaging with emotions differently, even just admitting, oh, I guess I do have them all the time. Make sure that you add in a heavy, heavy dose of self-compassion and patience with yourself, because as you learn this, you're not going to be perfect at it. And I know that for myself anyways, stumbling through the process of learning something new isn't so comfortable. And even as I remember what it was like in the beginning, it also didn't feel good. Like I, I, was like, man, these emotions are really tripping me up. I don't understand what I'm doing yet. It seems really awkward, I suppose. But just having that patience with yourself, patience was my big word of like, hey, it's okay that you don't get it the first time, but just sort of keep on going in there. And then eventually when it starts coming together, it it flows way, way, way better than I ever could have imagined feeling and emotion could could be um so be patient with yourself read things and then read them again and and if you can get somebody interested in this work with you that you know that you like live in the same place because it's helpful to have a similar vocabulary with other people it makes you feel a little bit more connected a little bit more like hey okay, I'm not the only person that, that struggles with this in the beginning. And so you have like a bit of a, a partner to just be like, yep, I really tried that one and I bombed it today. Didn't make it through the meeting without like needing to get up and rant or rave or, or have a cry, but that's okay. It's just learning. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then when we do this work, like what, what ideally, or what are some of the kind of positive impacts that we could see on the other end of things then, or what are some of the changes that we could see positive changes in our lives? But you can definitely see changes in literally all aspects of your life. Because if you think about it, you have feelings about your finances, you have feelings about your relationships, you have feelings about your career, your health and wellness, your spirituality, uh, what other aspects are there? But you know, like emotions aren't isolated 
to any one quadrant of your life. And so as you start to notice that, you know, like, how do you feel about exercising? How do you feel about your diet at the moment? How do you feel about the career that you're in? You'll notice all of a sudden that your emotions are there to help you in all aspects of your life. They're there to help direct you, give you information. And, and so it isn't isolated as to where the most benefits can be seen. It honestly just might be an overall, I feel more balance and harmony in my life. The biggest sort of shift for me was thinking about a coin and how there's two sides. And I remember Carla saying one day, intellect and emotions are partners, just opposite sides of the coin. And I went, oh, right? Because my brain loves information and like processing and, and pulling things apart and, and planning, right? And if emotions are just the other half of that piece of information, I could intellectually get on board with learning how to feel because it, it makes life so much richer and it fills in some of that information that maybe you knew was missing, but maybe you didn't even know it was missing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, so yeah, acknowledging, and again, it's like emotions then are not a bad thing. Like these are coming up their messages and what is the message that we're trying, what are the messages they're trying to relay to us? And, um, yeah, it's very interesting to look at it that way. Cause sometimes again, it's like, we don't give enough attention to them. Like I was, I was having a conversation and, um, someone, the person was asking me, well, how do you feel? And I didn't even know how to identify how I was feeling. I'm like, well, I don't know. And I said this and he's like, well, it's probably not that it could be, it sounds more like it could be that if you're saying that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Tell me, like, send me a list of all the emotions. And then he like literally sent me a list of the emotions and I had to look at them. So I'm like, whoa, like we go so far away from that, that we forget what they even are. Like we might have to look at a list Yes. to identify what the emotion is coming up if we've totally. not given it that time and attention. Totally. And, and how often do you think that we actually like say, oh, I'm feeling anxious when really we're feeling panic, yep. but you're not comfortable saying I feel panicked. And so you just go with the fallback, right? Or like my big one was I always used to ha cry and then, and then get angry. Like I would cry and look sad, but really I was angry. But for me, I wasn't allowed to be angry in my mind and the way that I had structured things. And so I would just so show sadness. And yet I knew I would be like, yeah, I'm sad. And I'm like, that doesn't look, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't look right. But, but sadness was the only thing that I could call it until finally, I, and it took a while, you know, a couple months to really like break down that wall of, oh, I really feel anger. And all of the subsequent beliefs that I had about not being allowed to be angry, I had to go and encounter those. And so that list, needing that list is not at all uncommon. There's actually a little flip chart that you can buy from DEI okay. that's like the list of all the emotions in their soft, medium, and rapids level states. So like, you know, from uh, curiosity to fear, to terror, that that's on the fear scale. 
And so it's this really interesting um, way to notice, oh, hey, there's like over 300 different emotions that I could be having at this yeah. moment. And so I need to be able to identify them in order to engage correctly. Otherwise, if you engage with it, you know, if I, if I engage with the anger like it was sadness, nothing worked. I was still mad. And so it just never went away. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So there's a whole booklet. So it's not too odd. No, that's good to know. There's a booklet for a, people like me out there. Not Yay. at all. And I had to develop an exercise in my, in my trainer's program. It was so funny. <laughs> I was really embarrassed to tell them this at the time because we had to present our workshops to each other. And, and I said, okay, well, this one came from when I couldn't recognize what I was feeling. I had to reverse hack it. And so each, each emotion has a set of gifts that it brings you. And I remember sitting on the couch one day being like, I just need some connection. Who gives me connection? And so I picked up the book and I was like, no, it's not you. And I'm flipping through the chapters just to get to the list of what gifts uh, each emotion brings you. And then I found it and I was like, oh, okay, great. Connection. Envy gives me that. And I sat there and I looked at like the chapter heading and I put the book down for about four days because I was like, I don't want to, I just couldn't admit that I was envious and I didn't know what it meant. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I came back to it and, and read the chapter, but it was such an interesting moment because I couldn't name it. And so I couldn't figure out how to resolve it or even how to feel it. And so I created this workshop where you go backwards, where it's like, hey, right now I would really benefit from um, really connecting with my intuition or I need connection or I need, uh, what's another one? I need rejuvenation. Uh, and all of those are different gifts from different emotions. And so I was able to sort of outsmart my intellectual hurdles because there's some hard emotions that are out there to say, yeah, right now I'm feeling envy or right now I'm feeling shame or, oh, what about hate or mm -hmm. um, depression? Some of those words themselves have such an internal stigma that there's no way I can engage with them. And yet when I looked at it through the lens of, well, what gifts do they bring me? Okay, these, these four things that envy brings me are really critical. And so I guess I have to learn how to engage with that feeling more. And so it was a, a way to sort of do an end run around my avoidance tactics. Yeah, I love yeah. that. What gifts do they bring me? That's a night, like it is a way to look at it very differently. I love that. So this has been a great conversation. I could talk to you forever. Like, I'm just like, oh, what about this? What about this? Um, but just in the sake of time and for people's time, we'll wrap it up. But how can people, um, how can listeners find you, learn more, learn more about your programs? Um, yeah. How, what's the best way for them to reach out? Uh, well, as, of, as of October 1st, uh, we'll be going live with the website and it's www.sosensitive.ca. And I'll have a Facebook so sensitive and eventually I think there'll be an Instagram, but Facebook and the website will be uh, primarily the best way to get in touch and workshops will be listed there and it's all going to be on zoom. So it doesn't really matter where you're tuning in from. 
and we'll be going from there. And even any questions that, that people have of like, oh, I just need to know where to get started. You know, just touch base and, and then uh, the Carla McLaren website, which is, I think, just www.carla with a K, mclaren.com uh, or just Google her book, The Language of Emotions, and there's some great resources there too. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing, Heather. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Love this. I'm sure the listeners will love it as well. So thank you so much for sharing this with us. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. Thank you. All right, everyone. Bye and see you next time. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.